Welcome to Knowing Him. This is Steve Danielson. And this is Angie Danielson. Join us each week as we explore the hymns of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and share our feelings, insights, and reflections about how each one brings us closer to Jesus Christ. Enjoy your favorites and find some undiscovered gems in our journey to knowing Him. Welcome, friends, to today's episode of Knowing Him. I'm your host, Steve Danielson, here with my joy of human love, my co-host, Angie. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) So we decided that since this episode will come out the day after Thanksgiving, we would do a song of thankfulness. Uh, There were several that we could choose from, but as you might have guessed from the way that I introduced Angie, we are talking today about Hymn 92, For the Beauty of the Earth. So we're going to start out a little different today. I've prepared a little quiz for Angie. Really? To see how <laughs> see how well she researched here. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I'm just five true or false questions. Uh, just answer as fast as you can. Okay. True or false? Composer Conrad Kocher moved to Moscow, Russia, when he was 17 years old to work as a tutor. True. That is false. He moved to St. Petersburg, Russia. Oh, dang it. <laughs> okay, true or false? The first text written for this tune was a Christmas slash Epiphany Carol. True. That is also false. What? The first tune was actually in German. First English tune was a Christmas tune. I, that was a trick question. Okay, true or false? William Dix, who wrote the first English words for this hymn, uh, didn't like the tune written by Coker. Um, I have no idea. True? That is true. He (laughs) did not like the tune, uh, which is ironic because it ended up being named after him. The tune is called Dix. Okay, uh, number four, true or false, author Foliot S. Pierpoint wrote the words for the beauty of the earth while sitting on a hill near Bath, England. True? That is true. (laughs) And true or false, though we only have three verses in our hymn book, there are actually four verses. True. That is false. There's oh. actually six. <laughs> There's actually six verses. I didn't do my research very well. <laughs> That's all right. I'm hosting today, so I'm I get the the brunt of the the research here. Well, you got you got two out of five correct. So, um, yeah. So let's talk about some of this stuff. So let's talk about Conrad Kocher first. He's our composer. He's the guy that wrote the tune. Uh, let me get to the to the right page of my research here. Uh, Conrad Kocher, uh, German-born, uh, did not grow up really thinking to be a musician. Uh, like I said, he moved to Russia to St. Petersburg when he was 17. He was going to be a tutor, uh, but then was inspired by the music of Haydn and Mozart. Um, we should say he was born in 1786, so he was born shortly before Mozart died, would have been alive as Haydn was still writing music. Um, and that impelled him into a career in music. So he decided to move back to Germany, uh, settled in uh, Stuttgart in 1811, and remained there for most of the uh, for most of the rest of his life. Does it say what he was tutoring in in Russia? It doesn't. It just oh. says he went as a tutor, perhaps hmm. to teach people German. I'm not that sure. Interesting. <laughs> so he he wrote the tune originally, um, for a. A chorale, Troja Highland Wir sind hier, and I guess it, it's in a collection of of hymns by Kocher, and I did find the way that he originally wrote it because he actually wrote it with an additional two measures that we don't have in our version we have now. The version we have was adapted. We'll talk about that in a second, but here's the way that he originally wrote it. Well, I'm going to have to 
actually not look at the tune because I need to be able to read the words. Every version of it in German that I could find is in this old script, and it's really hard for me to, to read. read what it says, so I have to pull this up here. So this is how this goes. Treue Heiland, wir sind hier in der Andachstille. Unsere Sinnen und Begier lenke samt dein Wille. Deines Wortes helle Schein strahl und uns erhält hinein und mit liegt er fühle. Oh, so there's that, yeah. that extra part in the That's middle different. there that we don't have. <laughs> uh, anyway, the English translation, Faithful Savior, we are here in the devotional silence. Our senses and desires greatly direct your will, or gently direct your will. The light of your word shine into our heart. Fill us with light. Hmm. So that's a that's a Google translation of did those words. Did he write those words, or did he did somebody else? Um, I'm not a hundred percent sure. I'm think I think someone else wrote it. This version I'm looking at it just has Coker uh, attributed, but I believe I read somewhere else. Uh, see if I can find it. Oh, Christian Heinrich Zeller wrote the words. text there, hmm. uh, but Coker wrote the words. So, um, as I mentioned, the first words that were put to this tune, the first English words, uh, were actually written by William Dix. Uh, Dix was um, Dix wrote this as he was very ill one year and could not attend Epiphany services, um, and so he started writing his feelings about Epiphany. He was reading the story of the king, the three kings, or the, the wise men, I should say. We don't know how many there were. Uh, <laughs> he was reading the account in Matthew, uh, and he was moved to write the words uh, entitled, As with Gladness Men of Old. Uh, I'll just sing the, the first verse here. Um, so, as with gladness men of old did the guiding star behold, as with joy they hailed its light, leading onward beaming bright. So, most gracious Lord, may we evermore be led by Thee. Sounds like a nice Christmas song. Yeah, a really nice Christmas yeah. slash epiphany tune. Uh, so, this was adapted... Um, by Monk, whose first name I suddenly can't remember and can't find on my notes here for a second. Do you, do you remember seeing that? I can't remember what his first name was. His last name was Monk. Yeah, his last name was Monk. Um, but the the tune is now called Dix after William Dix, who wrote this. The interesting thing is, though, um, he wrote these words about five years before... Fully at Pierpoint wrote the words for the beauty of the earth, but for the beauty of the earth appeared in a hymn book before uh, before Dix's uh, As with Gladness Men of Old. <laughs> so he wrote it first, but it was published second, that's and weird. perhaps that's why we know it better as for the beauty of the earth. That one was able to catch on, maybe more. I'm not entirely sure. So it was a. It was adapted so that it sort of fit this this text that William Dix had written. And then we get to Foliot Sanford Pierpoint. Uh, he's our author 
uh, of the poem here, uh, of the text of the hymn. Uh, born in 1835, uh, an English, I don't know, I, was, I don't know if I'd call him an author, teacher. He did several things, but he was also sort of independently wealthy. Yeah, uh, that's and, what I read. <laughs> yeah, I didn't really have need to work. He taught some classes uh, at Summitshire College, but didn't really have to work if he didn't want to. <laughs> and so he had a lot of time to sit and reflect and write. So I guess we could call him an author because he did uh, do some writing. Uh, he, he actually wrote several hymn texts, but For the Beauty of the Earth is the one that people still remember today. His other texts really aren't used yeah, much anywhere. That's what I read, that that's the only one that's really stuck yeah. through the ages. So we did mention in our little true or false game that he did write this uh, while sitting on a hill. Uh, and I'm going to read this little account here in our Latter-day Hymns. It says, one hymn scholar... Um, oh, that's the, about the scriptural reference. Let me, well, I'll read that as well. One hymn scholar believed the scriptural inspiration for the hymn was James 1.7. Every good gift and every... What did I just say? 117. <laughs> every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. Another writer, Armin Hausler, uh, provided this account. Fully at Sanford Pierpoint, wrote this one day in late spring near his native city of Bath, England, when violets and primroses were in full bloom and all the earth seemed to rejoice. He climbed up a hill and sat down to rest and meditate. The panorama before him, before him inspired him to write these beautiful lines. And, I mean, you can hear that in the text as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the great thing about this, this hymn. I mean, these words. For the beauty of the earth, for the beauty of the skies, for the love which from our birth over and around us lies, Lord of all, to thee we raise this our hymn of grateful praise. For the beauty of each hour, of the day and of the night, hill and vale and tree and flower, sun and moon and stars of light. For the joy of human love, brother, sister, parent, child, friends on earth and friends above, for all gentle thoughts and mild. Lord of all, to thee we raise this our hymn of grateful praise. I mean, it's just a complete song of gratitude for the creations and the wonders of God. And, uh, you know, there are further verses, as I mentioned, that go on to talk about, you know, being thankful for God himself and for who he is and what he does for us. Um, So I thought it was interesting that this actually wasn't written as a song of thanksgiving to begin with. Um, when I was reading some things about um, the author of the text, how do you say his name? Foliot. Foliot. That's how I say Pierpoint. it, Foliot. <laughs> <laughs> um, it says that he originally wrote this hymn for use during the communion of the High Anglican Church. The original refrain, Christ our God to thee we raise, this our sacrifice of praise. So that last little part was different. Um, and this was meant to mirror the portrayal of Christ's ultimate sacrifice, just as the host would be lifted during the communion as a token of God's gift to us, a sacrifice of praise would be lifted in return. So I thought that that was interesting. And then further down here, this is on the hymnary.org website. Um, it says, this hymn was not only... 
meant to be a song of thanksgiving, but as the only thing that we could give Christ in return for his mercy and love, a hymn of praise laid upon the altar as a sacrifice. Editors have since altered the refrain, so it has become more a more generic hymn of thanksgiving, but as it stands, it takes on a deeper meaning when understood as something we not only sing, but offer up to God. But I thought that was cool. You know, it was like this hymn was his offering to God mm-hmm. for his... Thank, thanking him for his sacrifice that he made for us. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was pretty uh, beautiful and important. So this song, I think, sometimes is sung at springtime as well, when we're thinking about the beauty of spring and life yeah. and rebirth and things like that. And we, we get those... You know, those words for the beauty of the earth, for the beauty of the skies, you know, we, we just have these images. But it also works really well here at Thanksgiving. Why do you think so? Because um, I, I think it's because of that line that was changed that says, this our hymn of grateful praise. So we're showing gratitude for those things, you know, the things that God has created. Yeah. And feeling blessed for living on this earth yeah in our 1985 hymn book it is placed by the other sort of thanksgiving songs we have prayer of thanksgiving and come you thankful people um now thank we all our god these are uh hymns most of them are known uh outside of our uh, faith tradition as well they're they're in other hymn books um and they're often grouped together as mm-hmm. songs of thanksgiving and i think because of that change um but i think if we even kept that original chorus christ our god to thee we raise our sacrifice of praise i think we could still see this as a thanksgiving song yeah you know just being so grateful for all that god has given us it, it seems like we keep returning to this theme as we go through these hymns, hymns. Yeah. um so many of them are about just being so thankful for what God has given us, because uh, He's given us everything, um, and it's pretty cool. Um, Did you want to talk about the other tune that John Rutter? Well, yeah. The, so a lot of the hymns we've talked about have been, you know, have other tunes that have been written to them, um, but for the most part, "For the Beauty of the Earth" is sung to this tune by Coker. Uh, the exception to that is John Rutter in 1980 uh, wrote a, a different tune uh, that's sung by SATB choirs and you know orchestras and and whatnot. So not um, found in any hymn books. Not found in hymn books. Uh, it's just a, an arrangement he did of that tune, new or, or of that text with a, a new tune. Um, goes something like. For the beauty of the earth, for the beauty of the skies, for the love which from our birth over and around us lies, over and around us lies. Lord of all, to thee we raise this our joyful hymn, of praise. So he made a little adapt adaptation to that chorus as well. Yeah, 
I like his version as well. <laughs> yeah. And I was looking through it. It actually, he actually included four verses in his. Oh, he did? Yeah. So he's got an additional verse that we don't have in our hymn book. Is it but something that he added or is no, it? No, it's one of the, original? one of the original to, or one of the originals from uh, William, or not William Dix, um, Pierpoint, Foley at mm-hmm. Pierpoint. Um, so in 1985, uh, when the new hymn book came out, this was, uh, For the Beauty of the Earth was actually a, a new addition to our hymn book. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, uh, but it wasn't unfamiliar to Latter-day Saints. Uh, it had been in other compilations, uh, like in the old orange children's book, Sing With Me. Uh, it was found in there. If you, uh, if you have that at home, it's page B38. Uh, but that one actually only has two verses. And so then when they decided to put in the green hymn book, they added the third verse. Um, but interestingly enough, they actually took it out of the children's book. With yeah, the new one that came out in 1989, they, uh, it's not found in there anymore. So it's interesting. And it's not put in with the other children's songs in the hymn book. It's sort of put with the other Thanksgiving songs. Yeah. So interesting placement there. Um, we were talking about alternate tunes and we, as I said, we don't really have any, but we can think about meter. Um, you know, in the back of our hymn book, we do have that section on meters. The meter for for the beauty of the earth is seven, 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 seven. <laughs> so six sevens. Lucky sevens. Yeah. Uh, and other songs that can be sung the same tune, God is love, Jesus savior, praise the Lord, rock of ages. Hmm. Those can all be sung to the... That they could be interchanged. So I'm just going to turn to Rock of Ages here real quick. See if you can figure it out. Yeah. So they say, <laughs> Rock of Ages, cleft for me, let me hide myself in thee. Or you could do For the Beauty of the Earth. For the beauty of the earth, for the beauty of the <laughs> <That's> skies. <funny. laughs> I don't know if I like that. <laughs> <laughs> so kind of fun to, <laughs> to play around with that. Uh, well, I think that is all I really had to say about it. So as before we sing our song, what are you thankful for as we get into this Thanksgiving season? Well, something's um, on your mind. I, I'm thankful for, I think that the thing that I'm thankful the most for right now is the Book of Mormon. I feel like it brings so much light and understanding of the gospel. And as we've been reading the Old Testament this year and um, in our Sunday school lessons and come follow me um, book like just having the knowledge that's in the Book of Mormon makes everything in the Old Testament so much clearer and understanding of the Savior um, and his mission and his sacrifice um, is so much more powerful in the Book of Mormon um, that it helps me to understand the Bible yeah, that's great. I think I am thankful that Angie said yes when I asked her to do this podcast with me. <laughs> <laughs> it, it No, it really has been a blessing. We've been doing this for a um, month and a half. This is episode eight, so I guess eight weeks. 
two months. Yeah, and it has been a, a blessing. I always feel uplifted after we finish recording. Um, I feel the spirit. I, I have really enjoyed getting to know these hymns and sort of delve into the background and have an opportunity to express faith. Um, it's not something I get to do a lot in my life. Um, yeah, as a school teacher, I have to sort of keep my faith, you know, in my example, and that's about it. I can't openly talk about God and things like that in school, but I I love this opportunity that I can. Um, so I I thank you for doing this with me. It's been fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, with that in mind, we are going to sing for the beauty of the earth as we have it in our hymn book. For the beauty of the earth, for the beauty of the skies, for the love which from our birth over and around us lies, Lord of all, to Thee we raise this our hymn of grateful praise. For the beauty of each hour, of the day and of the night, hill and vale and tree and flower, Sun and moon and stars of light, Lord of all, to Thee we raise this our hymn of grateful praise. For the joy of human love, brother, sister, parent, child, Friends on earth and friends above, for all gentle thoughts and mild, Lord of all, to Thee we raise this our hymn of grateful praise. Well, friends, thank you for joining us today as we discussed the hymn, For the Beauty of the Earth. As always, it's a joy to be with you and to discuss the hymns. If you'd like to connect with us, please email us at knowinghim at gmail.com or leave us a voice message at anchor.fm slash knowinghim. We'd love to hear what you think about the podcast and about the hymns. We hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving and upcoming holiday season. In the meantime, I hope you'll join us next week as we sing our way to knowing him. Thank you.